Hey there and welcome to Courageous Radiance Podcast. My name is Brittany Dixon and I am excited that you are tuning in today for yet another discussion about being strong and courageous, strong and very courageous, uh, reading the book of Joshua, but just chapter one. So lots of references within that chapter. And today we're talking about a courageous rest. Do you rest? And this is not a hop on a plane and you're going somewhere to go drink something that has a umbrella in it and your legs are propped up and you have on a cute swimsuit. That's amazing. Take me with you. But this is a rest that goes with you every single day. This is a lifestyle. This is a heart posture. This is a confidence. This is something that makes you set apart or distinct from the culture, from the everyday world that is going around like a chicken with their head cut off because of the chaos that each day brings or the uncertainties that the the present real uncertainties that we're living and just unsure of what's to come. So this is a podcast place where women are equipped by opening up God's word. So we open up God's word together and we study it. And she's encouraged here to be uh, a disciple. So we want to anchor our lives into an unshakable foundation, and that is Jesus Christ. So that's what this podcast is about, and I truly pray that you are encouraged. So let's start off with prayer, and then we will hop in. God, thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. God, um, help this word be applied, understood, and applied um, to each person, whether it's one or more. Um, God, who are listening, may you be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. So strong and courageous rest. Last week, we read uh, Joshua 1, verses 7 and 8. The week prior, we read Joshua 1, verse 7 alone, standalone. And today, I'm actually going to start in a different area and then head back to Joshua. So in Exodus 33, um, verse 1, um, this is the Lord talking to Moses. And this is really about the same issue that, that Joshua is dealing with in terms of this upcoming promise that, that God is going to fulfill alone with no one's help for his people who constantly turn against him, don't believe him, and do not rely on him. And, uh, and why? Because God made a covenant. And that's really just the first thing I wanted to encourage you that God's promise, our, our hope is not built on something that is changing. God is immutable. And once he says something and he promises it, then it's a done deal. And even though we, and I think that's so hard to understand, right? Because people change, we change, things change, but God does not change. And we want to add like, you know, a couple extra sequels to God. And God is like, I'm going back to something that really has nothing to do with you, but it points completely to my character. So in Exodus 33, it says, the Lord spoke to Moses, go up from here, you and the people you brought from the land of Egypt to the land I promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your offspring. I will send an angel ahead of you, and I will drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hethites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go up with you because you are a stiff-necked people. Otherwise, I might destroy you on the way. <laughs> Listen, I mean, you know, we, we sing and worship to this God, but this God was like not playing. And these same stiff neck, unbelieving people really is 
who we have that same DNA, this, this DNA from Adam that is one of rebellion. Really, if I can one word it, we want to go our own way for our own reason. And we want to, we want to, you know, even justify or, and, and, and I don't think that, um, even for the, for the most, um, God fearing, God following person, this is not something, I mean, this is truly hardwired from sin, from the garden, from sin entering into us, which is why we need a savior, because this isn't something we can undo even on our best day, even with our much, our great Bible reading, our, our church attendance and everything we might do. This is something that is within us. It's this proclivity to go away from God and to rely on ourselves and um, not him. So then just last part for Exodus 33 um, verse, uh, well, really 13 and 14, but I, I just want to give God's response to um to Moses, but he says um, in verse 14, and he replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And and really what, what Moses is talking about is he's struggling because he's like, God, I can't do it. This is too many people. This is an impossible task, a hurdle that I cannot cross. I don't want to go if you're not with me. Like there's no way I'm trying to go. So Moses got it, right? He got an A plus on that test where he's like, I'm not going where you're not going. So God is assuring him and encouraging him, uplifting him, saying my presence will go with you. And it's almost like that should have been a period right there. My presence will go with you. So that's enough. So friend, for you today, God's presence being with you is why you can rest. And what are you resting from? If you're not hopping on a plane, you're resting from trying to do life by yourself, rebelliously, self-reliantly, um, and, and, and all the hashtags of why you got it. But since you ain't got it, we need a God who is faithful, who does. And that's not to be discouraging or to be negative, but it is there's something beautiful that happens when we come into the light of truth. And instead of lying to ourselves or adopting lies that have been placed on us, and everyone's just going around blind and, and not aware that they are blind. So the truth and the reality is that everything we have, every good and perfect gift comes from God. So everything that we can do, everything that we will do is uh, an extension of his grace and it's his mercy. And I think if I would have started there, I'm not saying that I wouldn't have still had my struggles and, and all of that, but I, but I am saying that I think I would have, I, I, don't, I don't know that I would have wrestled as long. <laughs> I probably would have still wrestled. Um, so I, I don't know how that, um, where that encourages you because a lot of times you know it there is no clear answer you know so when you think of like a decision to make whether it's do I move to Nebraska or do I move to California do I take this job at the school or do I take this job at the hospital do I become this you know we have a a daughter who is in the college looking process and and as we've talked about and prayed about with her Let's start seeking where God has you. Fine, I can pick a school based on, you know, these colors or the campus experience, et cetera. But there's a vantage point that I can't see and that I'm only dealing with what's in front of me. Whereas God knows the one, two, three, four, five, six, all the way to eternity steps that are behind that and how it all comes and works together. So we've been seeking him first 
Matthew 6, 33, in this decision of God, where do you have our daughter? And even teaching her to pray that and model that for her to be aware and, and cognizant of that um, so that we can not worry because that is my inclination to be highly anxious. And I know I've mentioned this before, but my anxiety does not look like anxiety. I bottle mine up. And where that showed about four or five years ago was in, I was having a, a heart issues and went to many different specialists over, you know, a period of about a year and a half and couldn't really come to any answers. And there's this other um, cardiologist, uh, actually an electrophysiologist, this EP doc, who um, I'm cool with him. I've, I've worked with him for many years and it was like the light bulb went on. And, and he wasn't even trying to, um, we were actually at work one day and I had one of his patients and he just asked, tell me about your stress relief. Like, do you do cardio? Do you do? And I must've had that like deer in headlights look like, uh, no, <laughs> you know, like, but, um, it was like an opportunity that the God just, that God used this man. And, and here's the crazy part. I'm pretty sure he's not even a believer. So let's not really box God of who and you know he can or cannot use. But it was just this random um, sequence of events that just kind of, it was like poof, it just all came together. And that is where it birthed for me this anxiety, which is really showing up in my heart. And as a nurse, you know, there's people who, and this is certainly not to blanket that anybody who has IBS or migraines or chronic pain or anything like that. I mean, those are real physiological things, but there are a lot of studies even that are done that show the psychological Im impact in our bodies because that energy, that, that has to go somewhere. So where has it gone? And for me, it was showing up in my heart. And it was crazy to be, you know, mid thirties dealing with this, right? And and no no family history of that. So I say that to say I wasn't resting. I wasn't. I, I was. My mind was was. It was really hard time in our marriage at that time. It was really hard with. Um, I guess at that time we were still in the thick of it with autism and, and speech development with Caleb on top of this newfound other child of ours, Gabriel, who was going in the same direction and then still needing to be there for our, our daughters. Anyways, it was just all of this impact. And y'all, I was holding it in if I'm just being fully transparent right now and on top of working. And I didn't know. And I was still doing all the check the box, check the box, going to church, serving, serving, serving and praying, praying, praying. You know, this is post discipleship, but I, I definitely would not have said I was over here in the club. You know what I mean? Like I was trying, I was following the Lord, but even with that good thing, I was not dealing with my inside. I was not dealing with this inner piece of resting in, in the Lord. So I don't know where that shows up for you, you know, what decisions it, and it might not be as, you know, cut and dry as don't do this or, or do this, but learning to discern and listen to the voice of God, which requires our stillness, which requires our rest. And actually, um, this, the Hebrew translation of rest, there was many, um, uh, based on the, the Bible translation you're reading, but be at peace, be still, be quiet or calm, surrender yourself. And all of these, it all comes down to 
that being done in the presence of the Lord. So this idea of being strong and, and, and courageous in our rest and, and its impact is profound because if we're not resting, then there's not, you know, peace is a fruit of the spirit. It's a gift. But how do you grow that? You don't grow that by muscling that, right? You grow that through the presence of the Lord. So my encouragement is, is really, sis, for put down your hammer, like assess what are you holding? Put down your hammer, sis, because there can be many things you're trying to build or trying to do in of yourself. You know, look at your marriage. Where where are you trying to fix this spouse or trying to make this spouse come back or make this spouse to be better or whatever? Or where are you trying to fix this child? Um, yeah, I'm a Holy Spirit. Okay, so I, I'm not going to, you know, embarrass or... but. I will just say that obediently, I'm going to say that there is a season that we're still not all the way out of, but there is a season in my parenting that y'all, I, if there is like an end of the rope, I was beyond that end of the rope. And there's something about getting to the end of you. And why did it take me to get to the end of me? And, you know, the Lord just so lovingly, so graciously, mercifully reminded me of the same exact position I was in within our marriage 10 years prior and getting to the end. And it's crazy how, you know, the stuff that would keep me up at night. And I don't know if you think about that, like just quick divergence uh, is like, what are you thinking about when you first wake up? I remember when the Lord showed me to start assessing that, like, like doing a heart assessment. What are you thinking about? What's keeping you up at night? And, and again, and it could be good things. Like, like, let's not make this be bad, air quote bad, but it could be things that the Lord is like, yeah, but you're going ahead of me, meaning you're not resting or surrendering in me. And you're trying to do things that I have not enabled you to do, which is why you're full of anxiety and you're full of stress and you're causing yourself all these heart issues and these doctor bills. Right. So, again, not baby out with the bathwater, you know, completely cut and dry. But the Lord is speaking. If we will still ourselves, remember that that Hebrew definition being at resting is this level of peace where I have got to create a healthy rhythm every day. So sis, listen, creating the time, we create the times for the things that we want to create times for. And, and this is not me stepping like this, is not me calling out your own stuff. This is just me even speaking to me, but being honest that if you're wanting growth and if you're wanting the presence of the Lord, then you can't say on one side, you want that. But then on the other side, there's no investment. There is going to be a cost. And I don't care if that's time with the Lord. You know, you want to grow grow closer with God or you want to grow closer with your marriage or you're trying to get this body fit and on, on here, you know, doing 80,000 hours on Peloton, whatever that reward is on the other side, there is a cost to it. And the difference is, unlike, yes, those things are great that we're doing on this other side, on these, you know, working and working out and raising our kids and our marriages, but there is a well inside that feeds all of that. And why do we neglect that? Why do I go around? Why do you, why do we go around this well looking for water, looking for water in these temporary circumstances and then um, burning ourselves out? So in the season of parenting to go back there where we still are, but there was this place where I hit the end of my rope, 
negatively, even beyond that. And the Lord comforted me, y'all, like no other. And his encouragement was to come back to him. So that's my encouragement to you, to go back to God, put down your hammer, assess where you're trying to curate or till these fields that you see for yourself or what this dream is that you see for yourself or these expectations that you've built for yourself. And what if, maybe that's not a bad thing, but what if that's just not what God has at all or right now in the season? So we buck against God rebelliously and going to, you know, pick up our, our shovel and just make our own way because, you know, I'm going to do it no matter what, who, if God is with me, if, if God is for me or not, like I'm going to do this regardless, I am going to make my way. And I think that that really just, um, gets to a place where it gets old very quickly. And I think that, um, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, we are not doing well for ourselves, friend. So sis, we're, we're not, resting in the Lord. So being strong and courageous, going back to, um, and you know, to say about that. So in Hebrews, um, if we think about the why of where this came from, again, this, the spirit of of rebellion, Hebrews three and, and even into four, but it's talking really about Paul's talking about this unbelief. So the reason that we, have rebellion and hardened hearts is because we're not believing God. Like we're trying to go our own way. And, and, and that's what Paul is talking about. Um, if Even if you look at three, um, verse 16, for who heard and rebelled wasn't, wasn't it all who came out of Egypt under Moses? With whom was God angry for 40 years? Wasn't it those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness and to whom he did... And whom did he swear that would not enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that we are unable to enter because of unbelief. Um, Chapter four, verse one. Therefore, since the promise to enter his rest, it's a promise. It's a promise. It's not a it's, it's not a demand. It is a promise that we get to choose, which we talked last week about this decision we have to make. So therefore, since the promise to enter his rest remains by his grace and mercy, y'all, there's so much stuff that like the Lord, I don't even know how he even gives me a chance. I, I Like legitimately, because it's like, I just get it wrong, like a whole lifetime of wrong, but he's still, his promise is still there. If I'm willing to put down my hammer and to rest this marriage with God, or to rest this child with God, or to rest this dream with God, or to rest this illness with God. So to enter his rest remains, let us beware that none of you be found to have fallen short. Friends, we have a promised rest, a promise, an inheritance. And going back then quickly to Joshua, and really, even in Deuteronomy 31, which I'm not going to read, but for reference, um, God, as he's, you know, Moses is on his way out and, and Joshua's on his way in. He had already been cultivating, curating Joshua and, you know, developing his character. But specifically in Deuteronomy 31, that's where really being strong and courageous first shows up. And that's where he's really giving this instruction to both Moses and to Joshua um, collectively. And then again in Joshua 1. So going back to verse 6, be strong and courageous for you will distribute the land I swore to their ancestors to give them as an inheritance. Above all, this is that first verse we started with, be strong and very courageous 
very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. It's this constant theme of being strong and courageous. But why? It's because God has commanded. God is with you. He will go before you. He's going to deal with with, with um, all those who are in front of you. He's going to deal with all of the hurdles and the situations that might appear to be Red Seas if this is God's will for you. Our job is to believe. Our job is to believe and rest. So we rest. It, it sounds uh, almost like a paradox to say work at rest. <laughs> But I'm saying be disciplined, disciplined in your deciding, in your daily action of putting down your hammer. So it's not it's not going to the hamster wheel. It's not picking up the hammer to go work. It's deciding to say, I'm going to lay this down. I'm going to surrender this most difficult situation or this taxing situation, or I'm going to be at the end of my rope knowing that I'm in the hands of my shepherd and my father. So finding reprieve there, respite there, and and being okay to say, you know what, God, I ain't got it. So I can actually decide, decide, remember, decide to enter into his rest, but we have to decide to remain there all of the time. It's something that we will spend a lifetime doing. And God loves us so, so very much. Really, even going back to that Deuteronomy 31 later, it's crazy because God pretty much gives, so Moses has his whole blessing that he's going to say, and his blessing is, um, it's really the words of God as an instruction for the Israelites, um, because God is like, listen, here's what's going to happen. Let me give you, let me go get ahead, give you the, uh, paraphrase of it. My grace is going to be taken advantage of. They're going to, they're going to re- rebel against it. Um, then they're going to, then their sin is going to come with a cost and a consequence. They're going to turn to me and ask for forgiveness. I'm going to forgive them, be merciful. Well, I'm going to turn from them. And then eventually I'm going to turn back and give, show them mercy, show them love. And then they're going to be, oh, yay. Thank you, God. And then it's going to be the same thing on repeat. And he says at the end that I know what's in them. So it's, but God, as I said in the beginning, cannot, he's immutable. He cannot go against his promise to to our ancestors. So it has less to do with us. And it's more about entering into this rest of what God has promised and not fighting against the cycle of going back and picking up our hammer. So where I really want to really encourage you is don't look at rest is a cessation of activity. It's a, it is surrender. It's peace. It's being still in God who is fighting the battle. So who's fighting the battle? Not you. You're going to die. You will, you, you will, and, and whether that is not necessarily a physical death, but there will be some level of, of at the end of your rope, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. So it's getting to the end of us, as we talked about last week, surrendering our life so we can find it, friends. I want that so much for you. And I'm so grateful that you are tuning into the podcast. I'd love to connect with you. Um, There is a private Facebook group that you can um, access on the blog, as well as I cannot even believe that somehow there is 200 episodes next week. And I would love for you to reach out to me, DM me on um, Instagram at Courageous Radiance and uh, enter the giveaway in order to uh, be blessed with a gift for 
anyone who's listening and has been listening, whether one time, 10 times, 20 times, and um, that is in celebration of this 200th episode that's coming next week. And what a great time to do that, right? For the week of Thanksgiving. And um, I'm just so grateful for you, friend. And I just pray that you remember that I'm cheering you on 